until you're in the midst of going through it. And then it feels it can be just as stressful and overwhelming as anything else. So we are here knowing that it is a, an unusual time for all of us. And it's an overwhelming time for all of us. And I, with that in mind, I, I was bombarded this week, as everybody is, on personal protection. And I know that we must have personal protection for the COVID uh, during this time. And I thought, well, uh, I just started looking at what the uh, WHO and uh, the government and all of this was saying. And um, I, uh, I got to looking at the personal protection and I, I came up with sort of four main ones, and I know one of them the government's not talking about, but people are doing, and that is buying guns. They say gun sales are up. I don't know how they're buying them unless it's uh, through Rural King or online or someplace where they can say they need essential uh, <coughs> shells, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I am sure there is a level of that that's going on. And yet also the government has uh, repeatedly and, and um, I really uh, appreciate all the celebrities that are encouraging me to wash my hands and to uh, socially isolate because it makes me feel good. And especially whenever I see them sitting in their yacht or on their uh, big lawn and uh, uh, that's manicured by somebody that uses scissors or something and, and uh, you know, their wide expanse of uh, their living room and they go, oh, it's so hard, it's so tough, and I, I feel like, yeah, boy, you've got it rough right there, uh, being socially isolated. And yet, uh, that, that's the thing. They're saying, wash your hands, and they're saying, wear protective uh, clothing. And I have to confess, I, I don't know where to buy a, a mask. So I, uh, I brought home some material, that the only material that I found at Walmart, and I told my wife we could make masks, and she said, I'm not wearing a pink polka dotted mask. And so I was kind of stuck. So I guess I, you know, I know I could have cut a T-shirt or whatever. And, and I, I, I'm not asking you to send me masks wherever you are, but uh, you know, mask and goggles and a face guard. And I'm thinking, you know, my dentist, uh, they knew about COVID a long time ago. I guess I guess they were doing it for uh, other viruses or HIV or whatever. But they used to, you know, I'll never forget the first time that uh, uh, the hygienist came in with all the garb and, and that I saw and I was like, whoa, what, what's all that? They go, well, we've got to wear this now. Personal protective uh, garments or clothing. And then, of course, the last thing is the uh, draw a circle around yourself there. And that's what those two people are doing uh, <coughs> there on the screen. You see them, they have masks on and they're drawing a circle around themselves. And, and it's kind of, uh, it's a little bit cumbersome. If you've gone to the store, you, you know, you're walking down an aisle and somebody starts to come and you don't know and you kind of start doing this six foot dance in the aisle. 
of, you know, I don't want to get close to you, but I really need the ketchup on that shelf. And um, I'll wait, and I'm trying to be nice, but can you hurry on? And then the little child that they've got with them runs over, and now you're jumping back, and it's like, I don't know how we can maintain that six-foot perimeter, but we're, we're doing our best. And yet, I know that's all for COVID, and yet I'm going to preach about personal protection today. And I just thought, well, you say, well, what is the protection that we are uh, going to show the glory of God, of God? That's what we've been called to do when we pray. And I know we started off the year and we had five prayers. And I want one of my prayers was I want to live to bring you glory, Lord. And we pro- we've preached about it and we've talked about it. Because everything is supposed to bring glory to God. We are supposed to bring glory to God. And in this hour, I want to bring glory to God. And I know you want to bring glory to God. The Bible is very clear. Psalms, the 19th chapter, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handy works. Later in Psalms, it says they made a calf in Horeb, and worship the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt. So that verse gives us a little more insight. And that is that we have a glory. We're supposed to glorify God. We're supposed to worship God. We're supposed to magnify God. And the children of Israel gave their glory to an ox whenever they worshiped an ox and they made the golden calf. And so it is important that we recognize that in fact we are supposed to bring glory to God. That's why in the New Testament Paul would write to the church in Rome and in Romans the first chapter he would say it like this because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful but became fool vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened professing themselves to be wise they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts or desires of their own hearts. Thus Paul was actually summing up What we know goes on in us all the time. And and there are a lot of verses that I could have read right here about the war between the flesh and the spirit. And my flesh wants to glorify itself or take care of itself or do what it wants to do. My willpower, I want to do. You know, I'm I'm willing to listen to you if you tell me what I want to hear. But if you don't tell me what I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear it and I don't like that and I don't want to do that and I'm sorry, that's just the way I feel about it and I'm not going to listen to you at all because I 
and understand it's my will and, and it's through the lust of my heart and the desires of my heart and I'll do it if I really want to and if I don't feel like, if I don't feel like worshiping I'm not going if I don't feel like praying I'm not if I don't feel like magnifying God I'm not going to I'm going to only do what I and that's a war that goes on all the time and we have it, and we have it now, and we've had it before. It may feel like it's a little more exacerbated now, but it's kind of like I don't want to get up quite as early, and so I don't have to, and I don't want to. I want to sleep in, and I don't want to watch that, and I don't want to clean this up, and then I do want, and then I want to do this, and I don't. And it's so it, it becomes this battle between the flesh and the spirit, and yet we understand that we are supposed to obey God. We're supposed to follow what the Lord says. In fact, James uh, write, wrote in, in his book, for what, whosoever shall keep the, the law, the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Now that's scary right off the bat because immediately we say if I do right and yet I somehow don't do one thing right, I'm guilty of all of it. And as a matter of fact, you will notice there's no place in the Bible that it talks about God's laws. God's that these are the laws of God, the laws, plural, of God. It's always referred to in the singular. It's the law of God. In other words, if you're guilty of one area that's off, you've broken the law. Now, I'm thankful that I've never murdered or I've, although I've felt like it a few times and I've, well, I've never done this and I've never done that. And Well, preacher, I'm not quite as bad as so-and-so because they violated and I didn't do this and I, but you know what? He goes through to say if you've missed it by just a little bit. And yet we understand the Greek, the word is uh, uh, her hermadia or something like that. Uh, uh, hammer, hammer, hamardia, that's it, hamardia, uh, some pronunciation like that in, in, for the word sin in Greek, and it means to miss the mark. And it's kind of like, okay, well, I got on the target. I didn't hit the bullseye, but I just got close. I got the outer ring, or at least I got some paper, or I got, you know, some little bit. And yet, as far as the Lord is concerned, when you miss the mark, You've violated it all. And Jesus in the New Testament talked about all of that. If you do this, and yet you do that. And if you do this, and yet you do that. And if you're, okay, well, you didn't murder, but you got angry. Oh my, you're guilty. What are you saying, Lord? And yet what we know is, John said it, whosoever commits sin transgresses the law, also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. So all of us probably this morning under the sound of my voice are guilty of transgressing the law. And yet it comes from our willpower. James says every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin when it is finished brings forth death. And so all of us are sitting here and you say, Pastor, this is... 
really depressing. I need to jump offline because <clears throat> find somebody that'll encourage me. I'm, I'm fixing to encourage you. We're going to have personal protection. But first, you got to believe that COVID is real. <laughs> first, you got to believe that sin is real and that transgressing the law is real. If you don't believe it is a real thing, then why are you going to worry about washing your hands? And why are you going to worry about wearing a mask? And why are you going to worry about being socially isolated? Now, you may say, well, but we've seen numbers inflated, and I, I'm not, I don't doubt that. I don't dispute it because it's a miracle. You know, more and more people are dying of COVID, but fewer people are dying of heart attacks and of stroke. And I, I realize they're probably inflating the numbers or the virus is adding a complication. Like, I don't know. But the fact still remains is something real is happening, and there is a real threat of some sort. Now, is it as bad as the flu? Is it worse than the flu? I don't know. But it's been bad enough that our whole world has shut down and worried about the outbreak. And so when you look here and you see what James said, whenever lust is conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. And I know we can all point to David in the Old Testament and see the horrible sin of murder and adultery and, and all the things that he did with Bathsheba. But when the prophet of God came to confront David about it, here's what he said. He looked at him and he said, David, and he goes through the thing about the lamb. He goes, you're the man. And he says, you have despised the commandments of the Lord. You say, well, David didn't do it out. He didn't despise the Lord. He, he's a good guy. He sang songs. He wrote songs. He did good things. But when you violate the law, it's as if you've despised the commandments of the Lord. And the prophet later says, you have despised me, meaning God has said you've despised me. Wow, <clears throat> that sounds like that's pretty, you know, that's pretty intense. You've despised me because most of us, when we violate the law, we don't think about what we're doing to God. That we are despising God because God has told us what to do. We just think that I know as much as God knows and I don't really need to do Oh, I'm drawn away of my own lust, my own desires. And yet, in Romans, what did it say? What shall we say then? Are you saying that God is going to wipe us all out? Well, let me tell you, he could, but he's not going to. If God be for us, who can be against us? Right. <laughs> what I'm here to tell you is God is fighting for us. Amen. God is doing what he can to help us. Amen. And he's given us some personal protection to help us. <laughs> And Romans, the fourth chapter, he said, Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. What are you saying? Oh, I know. I miss the mark a lot. I realize that I violated the law a lot. But whenever I begin to feel the presence of the Lord and raise my hand and begin to feel and re remember God is fighting for me, that's why I say you have to preach the gospel to yourself. The Lord Lord loves you.
loves me. He does fighting for me, not fighting for us. Yes, that's good, all of us, but God's fighting on my side. God wants to get me ready. God wants to cleanse me. He wants to deliver me. He wants to touch me. And he says, oh, blessed is that man. I I didn't begin to feel the blessings of God. That's why John wrote it like this. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's in the King James. In the Amplified, it says that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation. What does propitiation mean? It means the atoning sacrifice, the satisfying offering for our sins, fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placating his wrath. I'm telling you, when you begin to say, God is on my side, God has not, he is wanting me to be forgiven he wants me to be touched he wants me to live and obey the law oh God is fighting for me oh that's why in Paul when he wrote to the Romans he could say what shall we say to these things then if God be for us who shall be against us if you live out after the flesh you shall die but if through the spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live for as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God in Colossians he said mortify therefore your members which are on the earth and you can read those verses because it goes through some stuff that you're supposed to kill and that's what we're supposed to do we got to kill the virus Now, the virus is the flesh, and I understand we're not going to be able to eradicate it. It's going to be with us from here on out, probably. But we've got to protect ourselves from it. That's the key, is I've got to be protected from it. That's why in Romans, the 8th chapter and the 28th verse, a verse that I love to quote, but most of the time I just quote verse 28 and I don't get to verse 29 but in 28 it says and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them that are called according to the purpose his purpose the next verse says for whom he did foreknow he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren what are you saying I'm here to tell you that God's desire for you is to bring him glory and when you are bound by sin and habits and things that have you bound that is not the will of God for your life you are allowing your flesh and the desires of your flesh to get the better of you you need to let God fight for you and get total victory and while we are waiting for you know the time when we can come back this is a good time to say Lord I want you to bring victory into my life I need to get victory over my habits I need to get victory over my desires why because God wants me to bring him glory you say oh why what is the will of God all things work together all the stuff you're going through all the stuff that's happening to you is to somehow make you conform to the image of God I don't like it when a trial or a test squeezes a little glory out of me. 
A lot of times it squeezes and I respond flesh, you know. Why me, God? I don't understand. I don't like this. I don't feel good about it. When the Lord is wanting me to, all of a sudden, every time I'm squeezed to say, I need to bring you glory, Lord. That's why in 1 John, it says, the word says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be see, we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself. The fact that I'm one day going to see the Lord makes me want to change what I'm doing. You say, well, but I'm struggling. I'm fighting my flesh. Come on. The Lord's able to give you. The presence of the Lord is able to help you. Oh, but I'm trying, and I just can't seem to get the victory. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as a in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord what are you saying I'm saying that somehow in the midst of all of this we need to be able to still bring him glory our job is to bring him glory I don't feel much like bringing him glory whenever the kids are going crazy and I've been stuck at home and things are going but oh God help me to get my personal protection gear on so that I can bring God glory in the midst of everywhere that I go. <laughs> Jesus prayed those same prayers. You can read them in John where he said, as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Wow, there's that power. That's the first one, the picture that I showed you. To those that believe on his name, which are born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When Jesus was at the very lowest point and he was praying in the garden, he says, Father, I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had in you before that. What are you saying here? Jesus knew as he faced his most difficult trial, my response is supposed to bring God glory. Oh, I don't feel like bringing him glory, but every morning I need to wake up and say, Lord, I, I need to bring you glory today. In everything I do, I want to bring God glory. And you say, but I just don't do it. You don't understand, Pastor. I don't have the power. Well, you know, <clears throat> you got a gun. You know, somebody comes at you with a three-inch knife and you're packing a 45 or a nine millimeter or whatever and you let them cut you to ribbons, shame on you. You had power. You could have stopped them. Well, guess what? The Lord's given us power. Right. 
That's what the Holy Ghost was all about. That's why we preach about getting the Holy Ghost. That's why we encourage people to get the Holy Ghost. Why? Because, as Jesus said in Luke, I send the promise of my Father, tarry even the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And they went to Jerusalem and started worshiping and with great joy. We're in the temple praising God. What are you saying? I'm saying if there was ever a time for us to tap into the power, that's why I said if you have to watch these broadcasts more times a week and get alone and, and look at them on your phone and begin to worship or begin to praise God, tap into the power of the Holy Ghost. This is resurrection power. Don't let the devil keep beating you up about you don't have power over the things that are coming in your mind. Well, I'm just so anxious. I'm so fearful. I'm so depressed. I'm so overwhelmed. That's not the way it is. God has given you power. Greater is he that is in you. Think on these things. Whatsoever things are true and lovely and a good report, cleanse your mind by the power of the Holy Ghost. If you allow yourself to fight in a knife fight or a stick fight and you're loaded with a bazooka or a grenade, shame on you. You know, this is the power that got somebody up from the grave. And he doesn't have the power to make you, you know, I just feel so bad. My Lord. He said to Lazarus, come forth. Remember what he told Mary and Martha? He said, they said, oh, you know, we don't understand why he died. His disciples couldn't understand. He said, this is to bring the Lord glory so that the glory of the Lord. Oh, what are you saying? That's why Simon Peter, when he wrote, Luke rather, when he was talking about in Acts, the first chapter being assembled together and they begin to ask him, you know, <clears throat> you know, he told them, don't depart from Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he has said, have heard of me for John baptized with water. You shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And they started asking, well, what are we going to do? And is that when you're going to restore Israel and what's going to happen? And he basically responds to him and says, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me. What are you saying? There is so much power in the Holy Ghost that if you need the power it's time to tap into the power. It's time now. Not, not only did he say have power and I, I'm going to just do one more but that is frequently washing your hands. You got to keep washing your hands and that's that's just the way it is. You just got to keep washing your hands. You know, I, my hands I've, I've had to put lotion on them. I, I, why? Because I go out I come back in I wash my hands. I go to the store I come back in. I've never washed my hands so much in all my life. I don't know. I, I did I thought I washed my hands all the time but now I'm trying to wash them and I'm singing happy birthday. You know, Happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me, and happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. And you can't do it one time. you got to sing happy birthday twice if you're going to kill all them COVID things. And so then you put some more soap because by that time, my soap's gone. So i got to have more soap, and then i got to do another happy birthday time. I understand. Wash your hands. And you know what? You say, well, I don't know how to protect myself from the flesh. You need to wash your hands, and you need to wash them more than you've ever washed them. What are you talking about? This is why in Ephesians where he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it 
with the washing of the water by the word that he might present himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but it would be holy and acceptable without blemish. What are you saying? I'm saying you get back into the word of God and you read a psalm and you read something from the word and you let it wash your mind. Whatsoever things are good. Whatsoever things are lovely. And I'm, I'm washing now more than ever. I'm not going to just wash one little bit but I'm going to wash more than ever before. Why? I want the presence of the Lord. That's why in Titus uh, Paul wrote to Titus for we ourselves were sometimes foolish disobedient deceived serving divers lusts and pleasures all of us have been guilty of being foolish disobedient deceived serving ourselves living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another Oh, pastor, I've never been that. Well, bless your heart, I have. I've had all of those things. But after the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by the works of righteousness that I've done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. How? By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't really feel like logging on and worshiping. That means I need to log on three times. <laughs> Watch the service three times. As, oh, I just, I just, I'm weary, I'm tired, I don't feel, oh, that means that I need to really log on then. I better log on twice. What are you saying? I need to get washed and renewed by the Spirit of the Lord, which He has shed abundantly upon us through Jesus Christ. What are you saying? I'm here to tell you, you need personal protection in this hour. You need personal protection from yourself. Say, but I'm struggling. I know all of us are. We're struggling with this one right here. That's why I got to get a hold of the power. I'm not saying shoot yourself. I'm saying make sure that you crucify the flesh. Mortify the deeds of the flesh is what the Bible says. It was pretty graphic. Kill your old flesh. Live after the spirit. I'm not telling you to, you know, commit Harry Carey, but I'm, what I am telling you is that in this hour, we need to mortify our flesh sometimes and say, oh boy, I'm going to push back from the table or oh girl, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up 15 minutes early when I don't feel like it and I'm going to pray. I'm going to read the word. Why? Because I need something spiritually today. I'm fighting a spirit of anxiety. I'm fighting a spirit of fear. I'm fighting a spirit of depression. I'm fighting some spirit that I need to get a grip on a fleshly lust, something. And that's whenever I tap into the power of the Holy Ghost and then I start washing. Oh, I start washing. I've been, I've been out. We're going to talk tonight about social distancing and uh, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about wearing protective garments <laughs> called the garment of praise. It's called, you know, making sure you're avoiding everybody else that's bring you down but this morning I'm here to tell you 
We can feel the presence of the Lord in this building. And I'm here to tell you that you have all the power. God is fighting for you. He is on your side. He will help you if you'll just begin to raise your hands and begin to let his spirit touch you right now. In the name that is above every name, Lord, I pray, everyone that was listening to me right now will begin to feel the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah, Lord. I pray right now that they will begin to feel the washing and regeneration of the Spirit that is wanting to touch them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.